The Love of Kusi Kalia, from Echoes of the Forest by William Edgar Brown, read for LibriVox.org by Adrian Stevens. A Peruvian Drama Legend Pacacutiv had a daughter, joyful star the name they gave her, fair was she as rosy morning, and the Inca loved her dearly, she was both his joy and comfort. Until the day that Chief Orlanto first beheld the beauteous maiden, and her eyes beheld the chieftain, joyful star had been contented, happy dwelt she with her mother. One bright day as she was walking, heart-free, carefree, in the garden, happened she to meet the chieftain, by his dress she quickly knew him, and he likewise knew the maiden. Now Olanta and Cusicolio knew their love to be unlawful, for a chief, however noble, might not wed a royal princess who was daughter of the Inca. But at length the handsome princess to the chief was joined in marriage, and their rapture knew no limit. As the golden summer passeth to the brown of glorious autumn, with its load of luscious fruitage, trees with fruit are bending downward, and the autumn swiftly changes to the frost of chilling winter. So the joy of fair Cusicolio soon was changed to bitter sorrow, for her husband, brave Orlanta, by the order of the Inca, hastened on an expedition which of grave import portended, went without the Inca's knowledge of his daughter's secret marriage. One day, from the war returning, Chief Orlanta sought an audience with his wife, the fair Cusicolio, said they must proclaim their marriage and no longer keep it secret, but Cusicolio interrupted, see the Inca first and tell him, that his wrath may not be kindled, that our lives be not imperiled. So Alanta sought an audience with the stern imperious Inca, told his love for fair Cusicolia, sought the Inca's gracious favour for his daughter's hand in marriage. But with scorn was met his pleading, turned deaf ears to his entreaties, went Orlanta in fierce anger from the presence of the Inca, went he forth to cause rebellion and supplant his haughty sovereign. Now, amidst this dire confusion, joyful star had borne a daughter, and great joy possessed the mother as she held her babe close to her, pressed her closely to her bosom, as she looked into her brown eyes, saw the child was fair to look on, in the rapture of her first love. Oh, how beautiful, she whispered. Ima Sumac, we will call her. Thus, how beautiful they named her. Then her punishment descended, swiftly on her head descended, for how beautiful her daughter from her arms was rudely taken, snatched by force from off her bosom. 
Not a word, the frantic mother learned about her precious offspring, but within the darksome dungeon crouched she on the floor in frenzy, so intense and deep her grief was that she knew not of the dungeon and the prison which enclosed her. Where, oh, where was her dear infant? Had they crushed the little life out? Had they cruelly slain her darling? Where, oh, where could be her husband? Had he fallen in the battle? Had he left her, lone and helpless? Knew he that her heart was breaking? Thus, for days and days she waited, hoping for one ray of sunshine. As the sailor on the ocean, when the tempest wild is raging, when the billows like great mountains rock his frail bark on their bosom, now, upon the wave uplifted, now, into the deep descending, until caught between the billows, like a frightened steed, it shudders. Then with spray is covered over, and as night comes on, and darkness settles o'er the storm-swept ocean, and the gale grows fierce and fiercer, seems each moment that his frail bark will be swallowed up forever. Then a ray of hope inspires, seems to cheer him in the darkness, says there's one who rules the tempest, takes the helm and acts as pilot, till the tempest has subsided, till the storm has all passed over. Then he watches through the darkness, strains his eyes for one faint glimmer of the welcome light of morning, that into its destined harbour his good ship may glide in safety. So Kusikalia, from her dungeon, raised her eyes towards the heavens, breathed a prayer to God the Father. If the walls of gloomy dungeons could but speak and tell the story of the lives of those they sheltered, who within their walls have suffered, such a tale would shock the bravest, and would bring the scalding teardrops to the eyes of stoutest warrior. If their tears dropped in one channel, they would make a tiny river, which would never cease from flowing. If their sobs and groans united, such a moan would move the heavens as the noise of distant thunder. Who can tell why man can harbour such a hatred for his brother? cause him so much pain and anguish? Thus Kusikalia basely suffered. By the mandates of the Inca, by his stern imperial council, child and mother in one prison were condemned to dwell together, under one roof closely guarded, but no knowledge had the mother of the presence of the daughter, and how beautiful the daughter knew not of the mother's presence. Like Evangeline and Gabriel, when they passed so near each other, that they felt each other's presence filled each heart with strange foreboding. As how beautiful grew older, and her guardian, Pitu Sala, told her little charge to wander to and fro among the flowers of the guarded convent garden, 
moans and sobs would oft attract her from within the wall's enclosure. Then the child would stop and listen to the sounds so sad and mournful. Then her heart felt sad and lonely. Strange sad thoughts would oft oppress her, fill her with a grief appealing. Sore distressed her childish heart was for the one who thus must suffer. Then she hastened to her guardian, told the sister of the woman, told her of her heart's strange longing. Then she said with tears fast falling, Something tells me that I know her. As how beautiful grew older, day by day increased her questions, but they feared to tell the secret, for the Inca had commanded never to betray the secret. If she did, severest torture waited for its execution. No, Cusicolia in the dungeon must a prisoner stay forever, and how beautiful sad pleadings must unanswered be forever. As the stone by constant dropping of the gentle liquid raindrops forms a groove full as distinctive as if cut with drill of diamond, so the tender constant pleadings of the child for one in trouble won the heart of Pitu Sala, and she told her all the secret, risked her life to tell the maiden. Who can stand a woman's pleading, turn a deaf ear to her crying, say to her, Anwasta Kenna, set his teeth and look straight forward, make his heart as hard as flintstone, if today he is triumphant, she will come again tomorrow, when he sees the teardrops glisten, sees the heaving of her bosom. Will his heart not be relenting? Then, anew with strong entreaty, with her pleading tones she reasons. His whole heart at last, he tells her, like to Samson, judge of Israel, when he listened to Delilah, who the while that she was weeping, near at hand had her sharp scissors, that his thick locks she might sever, rob him of his wondrous power. When at last his strength has failed him, when his enemies have bound him, when in prison pen he's grinding, when his sight is gone forever, does she soothe him with her kisses? Does she comb his locks and braid them? She for paltry bribe has sold him. Now no more her heart is breaking, eyes no more are red with weeping. Thus it is with woman's influence, either for the good or evil, if tis for the pure and noble, to the heavens she uplifts him, is his guide and inspiration, makes his life to man a blessing, stands beside him in the darkness, cheers him by her words of wisdom. Or, if evil she is choosing, down to hell she vilely casts him, robs him of his manly power, makes him grovel in the dungeon, blind to all that's true and noble, blind to every godlike virtue. Hears he not the entrancing music, sees he not the glorious sunlight, heeds he not the words of wisdom, heeds no more his brother's heartache. 
Thus, when in her net she holds him, she with mocking laugh derides him, says, Down, down to hell I cast thee. Just at this time came a message of the death of Pakakutiv, and that his son, young Yapanke, on the throne was firmly seated. This was fair Kusikalya's brother. Now the sister, Pitu Sala, hastened to the convent garden, that she might inform the daughter of the news that had been brought her, good news which had brought them blessings, and removed their pall of sorrow, and foretold a glad reunion swiftly to be consummated. What in all this world of gladness, in this world of grief and sadness, brings more joy than news that's welcome, brings a message from some good friend, swiftly flashed upon the wire, comes a missive from a distance, brings us good news unexpected, comes a letter from a loved one that fulfills our heart's desire, comes perchance from o'er the ocean, from our soldier boy, our hero, who is fighting for his country, that he's happy and victorious, as he fights for country's freedom, or perchance that one who lingers in the valley of the shadow, change has taken for the better, and to health is fast returning. Thus with good news went the sister to the gloomy convent dungeon. Bitu Sala led the daughter to the mother's gloomy dungeon, then the door she gently opened, then how beautiful the maiden softly stepped across the threshold, there before her stood her mother, with fond look she gazed upon her, then the hot tears trickled downward from those eyes so long expectant, from those eyes with love-light beaming, then with slender arms entwining round that dear form, crushed with sorrow, head pressed close to mother's bosom, gently sobbed, At last, my mother! Then the mother, in one moment, felt the joy of years returning, felt a rapture which repaid her for the lonely years of waiting, like the patriarch of Israel, when he found his long-lost Joseph. Now, throughout the years, Olanta, for Kusikalya had been seeking, not one trace could he discover, but that he might find his loved one, led he still another faction. This time, sore defeat he suffered, and with many of his followers, taken prisoner by the Inca. When the Inca Zupanqui learned about Olanta's capture, quickly sent he for the prisoner, had him brought into his presence, that he might be given his freedom. Scarcely was his freedom granted, when there came before the Inca, how beautiful, Olanta's daughter, pleading for her mother's freedom. In her earnest, winsome manner, knelt she down before the Inca, heeding not Olanta's presence. In his ears she told the story of the prison and the dungeon, how her mother long had suffered, waiting for her child and husband, told him of her groans and anguish, told him how she at last had found her, by her groans and by her weeping, when within the gloomy dungeon 
Since at last I found my mother, she has only one great sorrow, that is for her long-lost husband. Now the Inca knew the secret, and for years long past had known it. His fond wish was that the couple might at last be brought together, so he took the child and placed her in the strong arms of her father, saying to her as he did so, Winsome child, behold thy father, this is he whom thou art seeking, we will go and find thy mother. There within the convent prison, there within the darksome dungeon, where for many months Cusicalia wept as if her heart was breaking, found her husband and embraced him as one from the dead returning. Twas how beautiful their daughter, who had brought them to each other, had through years of patient pleading caused them to be reunited. Thus from out the storm-tossed ocean of their lives' tempestuous billows, thus from out the midnight darkness which had gathered o'er the princess, came she to the glorious sunshine, sailed at last their storm-tossed vessel o'er the adverse seas of fortune, safely to its destined harbour. End of The Love of Cusicalia this recording is in the public domain.